0: gorgeous listeners welcome back it's miriam and alan here with more throwing shade it's such a pleasure to have you back with us today alan hey what is new and exciting in your life too much too much i'm very, Baruch s- Hashem. Baruch
1: Hashem. I'm very stressed out <laughs> okay
0: all right amazing so this is gonna be a super exciting episode it's gonna <laughs> relieve all of your stress i hope so as well as our listeners and the world will be a better place Amen. Amen. Amazing. All right. So we are, for those of you listening in real-ish time, um, in the time around which we actually recorded this episode, it's coming up on Rosh Hashanah, um, which is the new year or one of them <laughs> in <laughs> the very complicated Hebrew calendar that has like four different new years. But this is the big one. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about, about Rosh Hashanah, about the head of the year. Yeah, shall we?
1: Um, I want to specifically speak about one part of <laughs> Shoshana. It's a huge topic.
0: There's a lot of stuff to dig into. Yeah. So what are we going to focus on?
1: So shofar.
0: Shofar. Amazing. The yeah. big like ram's horn thing that gets hollowed out and you blow into it kind of like a trumpet and it makes this cool blasty noise that wakes everybody up.
1: Right. So, okay. That's one of the things it does.
0: Yeah. What, oh, what else does it do? But Alan.
1: I want to just preface this whole part of the discussion by saying <laughs> I hesitated a lot to talk about Schaefer.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: You had asked me at one point if we could talk about Schaefer and I really didn't want to because most of what happens around Schaefer in this sort of realm, the context of our podcast topic and everything, yeah, is, uh, is centered around actually the Sutton. The, the satan the yeah.
0: the <coughs> accuser the uh the right. angelic prosecuting attorney
1: right and you just said a key word there a lot of people see satan and say oh demons I devil satan right satan yeah, right right uh in the jewish text i can't be more clear about this the satan is Mm-hmm. Uh, is one hundred percent a malach? It is a. It is yeah, yeah. Co-
0: Satan is an angel for sure.
1: Correct. And so that's one of the reasons why I hesitate to mention this because Satan is directly related to Rosh Hashanah and specifically there's a lot mm-hmm. um, regarding uh, the shayfer and the Satan. Ooh. Uh, I'll just briefly mention in a number of places we see. Uh, throughout not just the hasidic and the kabbalistic literature but even in the gemara we see that the sh- one of the purposes of the shifer is to confuse the satan the satan here's <laughs> the here's the one blast and then here's the second blast and then thi- here's the and one blast like, thinks one thing on? here's the second blast things an thir- another thing and then the third blast is like wait i don't i don't understand
0: So, So is this kind of like so in that amazing Michael Chabin book, The Yiddish Policeman's Union, they refer to their cell phones as chauffeurs? Um, (laughs) So, is this like the Satan is like, hears that and he's like, is that my phone or is that your phone? Is that what's going on? It's legit. If you want. (laughs) Yes, that's definitely. You'd have to ask
1: Michael Chabin, and if he's listening, I will. I will. I will. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite book, my favorite novel, probably. Yeah. Ever. I have it's to think about one. it, but yeah.
0: I still don't understand it. Okay, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I've read it four times. I don't know what happens in it, but it's an amazingly written book. Continue. I've, read, I've read it to you three of those times. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. But, okay, so Satan, but we're not, but Satan is not a shade.
1: Correct. That, so that's, I can't be more clear one. about that. He's not a, like the devil. It's not like some kind of demon right. shade. Totally it's a different mala. tradition. Yes. The purpose of the Satan, according to going as far back as the book of Eiv Job. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of the Hasidic literature and everything, the purpose of the satan is to cause humans to stumble in their avodas Hashem. Right. So,
0: so it's easy to mistake the satan for a shade because that's, that's one of the roles that shading play, right? Is to mess with us and keep us from doing mitzvahs. Yeah.
1: Um, Maybe I don't want to get. I don't want to get to. <laughs> that
0: was an inappropriately long pause for an audio-only piece of content. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair, there wasn't much happening visually either. <laughs> fair enough. Um, fair enough.
0: Okay, so maybe we need to move on to what do you actually want to talk about instead of the Satan, which we've spent most of the time on so far.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to avoid. Um, yeah. So the schaefer in general, let's take a step back and talk about the schaefer in general. It's yes. used in a number of different contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as Rosh Hashanah is concerned, traditionally, and this comes from Rambam and from other places as well, um, traditionally the idea, uh, also in, in a lot of the Hasidic literature, the idea is that the voice of the shaifer, the sound that it makes, mm-hmm. the purpose is to, as you alluded to earlier, awaken our neshamas, awaken our souls right. to do tshuva. Right. To re- repent and, Get and off come your back tush to be Hashanah. be better, yeah. Right. Before that, um, yeah, it, it has a secondary purpose or another purpose. I don't know if it's secondary. That is, um, it's a callback. The nature of the sound is very primal, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a callback to our primality. The the the, the, the thing right. about our human nature that is so sort of basic beastly, to us, it yeah. is be- beastly beyond it's it's before it feels words like
0: the wail of an animal, like you, yeah. you know, it's coming from something that actually came off of an animal, but you hear yeah. it and it just. It, yeah, it sounds very
1: primal. It's before words. It's before melody even. Mm. And the idea mm-hmm. is that this is a basic, it's like a baby's cry to a parent. Mm. So we were crying out to Hashem in this very basic primal way. Right. Um, that said, when is Shreyfer used? And mm. so obviously it's used on Rosh Hashanah, as we discussed. Yeah. At the very end of Yom Kippur and going back to the times of the Besamikdash during Yom Kippur, I believe as well. Uh, if, mm-hmm. I, if I if if I'm remembering correctly, and then um, uh, at other instances, including uh, the announcing of a death, mm-hmm. um, and at excommunications, at bringing people into harem mm-hmm. or sent, you know, doing com, imposing harem on somebody, isn't is it also a call to war? Calls to war, correct? Yeah, um, and there are a number of different thoughts that these are this is there's a lot of different theories mostly by modern scholars that these are um that it's related to uh shading in this way if you're going into war cool. if you're calling out so you want the, the shade if you're going to war you want the shading out of your way so that mm. you know so that they're not uh, affecting your stand
0: aside
1: correct if you're announcing somebody's death I and mean, death is associated with shading so sure. you want to push those shading away so that huh. things can if you're if and um excommunication is the one i want to focus on actually as well right now because we're already uh, right you know what we're, we're gonna
0: focus no. on it right after the break fine Okay, Alan, we've almost started talking about shading (laughs) in our podcast about shading. So, okay, so excommunication and the role of the shofar. Yes, tell me more.
1: Right. So, um, okay. So there is Sugya in um, Mesekhlukhulin. How do you
0: translate Sugya? uh,
1: Like section? Yeah.
0: Let's go with that. Cool. Not okay. That. I don't know. In the um, <coughs> tractate of Khulin.
1: Right, and it's it, There's a lot of really good shading stuff in it. I hope we get to talk more about this particular section in more detail in another podcast, maybe yep. episode, maybe. But um, I just want to mention one little part of it. There's a cool thing that happens where Mar um, Barav Ashi, he uh, he has he's in a situation. Uh, he has to, uh, has to put. Uh, uh, a mazik in <laughs> He has to excommunicate a, a shade. I'm sorry, I have um, questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay.
0: okay, but okay, let's roll with it. You want to get to your right. thing.
1: Anyway, so yeah, the and the word that's used is shipuri, which is a, a form of mm. excommunication that he uh, and it's the, the when when he does this, he there, there's shofar that's blown. There's other oh context.
0: shipuri, which has comes from the same root as shofar.
1: Correct, and there's other <laughs> instances. There's um. Where in one instance, four hundred shofars are blown Whoa. in order to excommunicate this one person, and um, so the idea is like there's, he's throwing away, putting away these shades. But here's one clear example of 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 Mar Baravashi. He is using a shofar to put a shade in cheder. It's a mazik in this particular case. Yeah. So it's directly related. Here's the here's one that I found where a shofar is directly connected to a shade. Okay. A mazik. Bring it. Okay, that's it. That's the that's what I wanted to say. That's
0: it. That's the whole thing. Why is he putting a shade in Harem?
1: That's a, I, I don't want to get into it. It's a uh, whole story and the, what the, that's the, we'll get to it another episode. I'm, you know, but like um but for right now I'm talking about Schaefer. Here's a case. That's this a, is
0: a podcast about shading.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Okay. All right. But so so what do you think is the so, wh- how would you describe then the connection between the shofar and especially is this the four hundred shofar blast no, no, one or this no, no, is no, something no, this is else? One. Okay, so what is the connection then between the shofar blast excommunicating someone and the shade? Like, what's the what's the common denominator here? What holds that ceremony together?
1: Well, uh, I, I, I only brought it up because what you see, you know, just without this example, what you have in general is shofar is. Connected with cherem, with excommunications, different kinds of excommunications, mm-hmm. and you have, and that's on one side, and you have, um, you know, uh, shayfer related to, um, I mean, I'm sorry, you have shadim related to excommunications.
0: Oh, and this is one where you get the center the, of that Venn diagram. Yes. Uh huh. Okay.
1: That's so. So we so know. So the we the know it was a thing. Of, okay. We know oh, so that's the only point. We know it was a thing, right? That happened at least once. The Schaeffer was used to excommunicate a, a shade, to to push away a shade. Hmm. In other words, like h- h- traditionally, like I said before, mm-hmm. a lot of the modern commentators that you might see or scholars, hmm. more accurately, would like to come and try and make more connections. And um, maybe that's true. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. Yeah. But at least according to the traditional texts, we find at least one clear example of it.
0: I really like the idea of shofar, kind of blowing away, if you'll excuse the pun. You see uh-huh. what I did there? Um, like clearing the way of of shadim in order to. Make a path to complete whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. Be that a a funeral, a levaya, whether it be a you know going to war and and presumably a just war <laughs> when you are you know um, when you're going to defend yourself or whatever it might be. That the role of the shofar is to just like knock away all of this um, all of these extraneous obstacles and let you focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because I, 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 I mean, well, I think part of the role of the shofar is really that that sort of clarion call is supposed to wake you up and bring you back to a greater sense of focus. And like shading can be super distracting.
1: Right. And I'll just add, as somebody who has blown shofar for a congregation in mm-hmm. the past, mm-hmm. um, you know, on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur, I can tell you that... Um, there are times when the sound that comes out of Schaefer isn't exactly pleasant pleasant or what you would have hoped. (laughs) Right. Um, And
0: uh, (laughs) I have a feeling that more often than not shofar blowing is like super disappointing. We just don't talk about it. We need to talk about this more in the Jewish community. You're amazing at it, but like Uh, there's a lot of like (laughs) and you know, everybody's like, yay. Well, well,
1: so here's the (laughs) thing, right, is um, another thing that's related is, and I I, I, I spent a long time looking for this and I couldn't find it. I know I have it somewhere. There is. And if any of our listeners are familiar or know about this, please let us know mm. on Twitter or whatever. Um, but there is one capital to Hillen that uh, one Psalm chapter of Psalms. Yeah. Right. That um, if so. In, let me take a step back in order for the sound that comes out of the shofar to be considered kosher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just has fit to be for service. fit for right. It just has to be a sound. Really? Yeah. In other and words, there's no distinction if you don't between sound, sound and
0: like noise.
1: Right. Just if has d- to make a sound. Right. That's that's the baseline. Ah, cool. I, there's obviously a more a more uh, appropriate way of doing it, and y- right. Y- you know, fancy shiny. There's there's a medrash that Maishra Beinu, he was on Harsinai for forty days to get the tyra, and mm-hmm. then um, for forty days again. Right. And uh, part of the reason he was on there. F- on the mountain for so long is to practice his embouchure to, to, to blow Schäufer. Really? Yeah. Um, huh. um and so, cause you, there's a, there's a way to do it. That's correct. And there's a way to do it. That's kosher. Wow. And so like he wanted to do it the correct way or the more, I should say more beautiful way or whatever. My high school band um,
0: teacher would have loved Moses.
1: In... <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, I bring it up because, um, off so, sometimes, a person might try to blow a shofar, and no sound will come out. Yeah. And try again, and no sound will come out. And yeah. Over and over again. In that case, this is where I was going with all this. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a capital and There's a chapter of Psalms that one can say into the wide end of the shofar. What? Um, and I can't remember which one it was. There's there's a lot of tohilim if you look through the book that talk about shofar. Yeah. But um, uh. But there's one that you s- say into the wide end of the shofar that clears the way, as you were mentioning before. Oh. Um, uh, and again, this is related to the satan, not necessarily to shadim, but it clears the way, and then that allows the sound to come out of like the
0: shofar. Like the satan or shadim or whatever is sort of stopping up the shofar. Right. Wow.
1: Right. Inside the shofar itself.
0: Huh. So it's like Roto Router for <laughs> the high holidays. Yes.
1: Yeah, so again, if any of our listeners know which Kapitel Tehillim that is. Yeah, uh, guys, get a, on that. Because uh, there's also kapitel that people say before before Blowing Schäufer um, in, as part of the liturgy mm-hmm. and um, and other sort of things. This this can all be part of, you know, can be considered, I guess, um, uh, in some ways, we can talk about this in another episode as well, sort of incantations sure. type of things, and but It's all related.
0: Well, I gotta say, this has been fascinating. I'm super irritated that <laughs> we didn't talk about why they were ex- excommunicating a Mazik. But as it's a really we say, funny story, as we oh, god, okay, <laughs> as we say so frequently, we'll put that into another episode of Throwing Shade of Better Living through Jewish Demonology. Thanks, Alan. Shade throwers, we got an excellent question on Twitter from Shimon Lerner, who tweets as at Slerner. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> and he asked so many questions, around 11,000 of them. Thank you for not submitting all 11,000, although that would blow up our cloud score. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't think that exists anymore. OK, I'll start with three. <laughs> to what extent wait, wait. do the shade team have free will?
1: I, OK, what? all right, go for it.
0: <laughs> OK, so free will. Um, second, when you say shadim die, do they die of illness or natural causes, or must they be slayed with a capital S, which I appreciate? Um, and finally, this one is more of an ideological nature. Question number three Should we not leave the door open to the rationalist approach as well? And he notes, As a scientist, I personally am more inclined in this direction. Thanks, Shimon. Um, Alan, yeah, yeah. what do you have to say?
1: Yeah, thank you, Shimon. Those are all excellent questions. Yes. Um, and we will address none of them this <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Which no. one should we tackle? So, so okay. Um, yeah, I, w- I, I would love to get to all of them. But for time purposes, I'm going to stick with, I think, number three.
0: Ooh, let's do number three.
1: Um, however, before we do that, I do want to note something that I'm very proud of. Mm. There was a listener Humble question. Humble brag. There was na- yeah, okay. <laughs> Nachis is what this is. You're right Nachis. There. There
0: Vicarious was- pride. Yes. Desire translation.
1: Sure. Okay. There was a, um, give credit where credit is due. Isn't that Jane McGonigal?
0: No, Jane McGonigal. So, Jane McGonigal, who wrote Reality is Broken and Super Better, and she's the game designer and a futurist, she refers to Nahus as vicarious pride.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Um,
0: and she's awesome. You should read her stuff.
1: Um, her. We, there, there was a listener question that was not from Twitter, it was asked to me directly by. Our five-year-old son. Um,
0: Our five-year-old son asked us a question for our podcast.
1: And not only was it um, a great question, it stumped me. So I want to let every every one of our listeners know the question was... Five-year-olds
0: will do that (laughs) Yeah, over and over Uh, again. He
1: wanted to know if there are any Shadim that are children. Mm. And I racked my brain of all the stuff that I know about Shadim or could find about Shadim, and I could not find one in... where Shadim are mentioned as having different ages, yeah, as in being younger or older. Maybe they're <laughs> created fully grown. Interesting. Um, I don't know the answer to that, and so perhaps in another episode I will be forced to.
0: Or in our forthcoming children's book, <laughs> wouldn't that be great to tell? Are, a, do a, write a children's. Are you book writing a children's about book a,
1: about Shadim? Uh,
0: I get yes now that I've announced it to all of our listeners. Okay, so, um, great. So, <laughs> okay, so th- yeah. question three, should we not leave the door open to the rationalist approach as well?
1: Right. Um, so, I want to say that, first of all, I want to apologize if I've ever given the impression that we should not leave the door open to rationalist judaism rationalist thought Mm -hmm. um i have mentioned on a couple of occasions what i've called like a hyper rationalist version of judaism Mm -hmm. and um uh i do want to also mention that uh i have sort of as you might imagine a complicated love hate relationship with science (laughs) right um um, really yeah because (laughs) science is the kind of thing that is, um, uh, how to put this? Uh, well, let's put it frankly, right? And my understanding of a good definition of science is understand a human understanding of the universe we inhabit. right? Okay. Trying to... Sure. Uh, uh,
0: understanding through observation and, you know... Through things human can, things, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, that's great. And it's wonderful. And it's something it that... It is. Yeah, it's useful, it and it's wonderful things. But you also have to understand from the Torah perspective, as I understand it, it's very limited. And um, because Hashem and so much of what, what the human experience is is beyond that, beyond those limits, is beyond human understanding. and um, And yet, to strive for that is a very scientific kind of thing, if you think about it. strive for an understanding of that which is beyond our understanding currently sure i mean i think
0: both are in efforts to expand the go beyond human limitations and Mm -hmm. grasp at something larger than ourselves um, I got to say, Shimon, that I'm Eileen rationalist, <laughs> I sure. think, um, which I which I imagine comes through in our witty banter. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that, you know, I'll reference often this idea of the rabbinic imagination and sort of using Shadim as a mechanism for understanding a world that was not very kind to Jews for a very long time. Right. Um, and so we try to weave that perspective in as well. But for me at least it's just more fun to you know to have these conversations working from the assumption that like shady Mar are, are are some kind of meaningful presence that this is a this is a real thing that we can talk about that we can put boundaries on that we can put names on and that we can we can play with and try to understand and in doing so understand judaism better understand ourselves better and um, you know, have great conversations that lead into all kinds of other tangents like Michael Chabin books and yeah. um, you know, <laughs> Jane McGonigal references.
1: Right. Right. And I, and I just want to add this a little bit to what you were saying, Miriam. I agree 100%, but it's a little bit adding to that is, um, I think it's important that the supra rational, right, um, that which is uh, part of our tradition, that isn't really talked about much, and that's why I like doing this podcast. You know, mm-hmm. um, like this is this is important because it's part of our tradition. It's yeah. part of yeah. Judaism, and it's such a huge part of the lives of Jews for most of Jewish history. Right. Um, right. And it's only since really the Enlightenment, and you can trace back to R- Rambam and other sort of very rationalist thinkers, you know. Um, people who I call hyper rationalists because they wanted, as much as possible, to avoid talking about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that the world, the kinds of Judaism that exist today, really don't talk about.
0: Yeah. This world. Yeah. And I think what's super exciting about Judaism today and especially about Judaism in the digital age where we're answering a question from somebody we've never met and really know nothing about, you know, (laughs) is that we can we can have these conversations about all of these little tiny windows into the tradition, all of these little streams of consciousness that kind of flow from the very beginning of Judaism and come through to today. And raise them all up and look at them again and interpret them and figure out how they fit or don't fit into our lives. And that's, you know, that's super cool. That's what it's all about. Right on. Right on. Amazing. Shimon. thank you for your amazing question. If y'all have other thoughts or ideas or suggestions or questions you want to throw our way, um, hit us up on Twitter at Throwing Shade and we'll address them another time. Okay, uh, Alan, we are way over time, so let's do a really <laughs> quick action item and wrap up. <laughs> what do you got for us?
1: Well, today, tonight, Miriam, yes, is my Hebrew birthday.
0: Oh, mazel tov, happy birthday.
1: Thank you, thank you, mazel tov. So uh, it's uh, my tradition to give brachas on my birthday. Oh. And so I would like to as an action item, give a bracha to all of our listeners who (gasps) happen to be listening on my Hebrew birthday.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Um, That's my action item. Uh, It's just for me. Sorry. But, um...
0: (laughs) Well, they should... They should... They should accept the bracha. That's the action. Got it. All right. See?
1: Right. So, my my bracha to our listeners Mm. is that Hashem should should bench you, should give you brachas, and... Uh, blessings blessings, and, uh, for all of our listeners should have a happy and a healthy and a successful 5779 coming up in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, that's, that is the Hebrew year.
1: Thank you for your (laughs) translation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that, uh, they should all have especially success, uh, with, um, the, holy endeavor of finding and lifting up raising the godliness in the world the holy sparks the that they find hidden among the clipas in the world yay um, make
0: more good stuff from out of the bad stuff
1: yeah and um <laughs> this like is very my poetic weird. translation your, your your yes your <laughs> translation <laughs> my bracha for our listeners yeah um That uh, shadim should be of no concern to anybody, especially, Mm. uh, you know, and and, and our listeners included, Um, that that all of the mitzvahs and the wonderful things that our listeners do should be protective uh, and they should do more mitzvahs. Another mitzvah uh, in honor of my birthday. There's your action item. Oh, um, add, a, it's add a a choose add a your new own mitzvah. adventure mitzvah. You right.
0: get to pick the one you want. Add a new mitzvah Tell f- us for in this a tweet year. What for you did.
1: this year, for for my for my birthday, that would be a, the biggest gift you could give me.
0: Amazing.
1: And finally, we should all merit the coming of Mashiach and see it soon. Bimhera biyamenu, amen.
0: All right, and the rationalist will also say amen. <laughs> I amen. love it. Yay. All right. You guys, Shade Throwers, this has been a pleasure. We will see you again next week and uh, for more conversation, rational and super rational and otherwise. But um, regardless, uh, hope you all have a good one. We'll see you next time on Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Catch you next time.